Do you know the unwritten rules for campers? That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the RV Podcast, your guide to freedom and fun through RV travel. No matter what kind of an RV you have, whether it's a motorhome or a towable trailer or a tent, maybe you're just dreaming about getting an RV someday. Well, this show is for you because here we talk about getting out there and enjoying God's amazing creation and meeting interesting people, boondocking, discovering fun places, and having a great time. Speaking of which, we are so glad that you chose to put us in your ears this week. We hope you enjoy this podcast as much as we enjoy presenting it to you. Would you please welcome my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hi, dear. Hello, Michael. What a time we have had. We have been on the road for many weeks now and are catching up. We are hanging out at home. And, uh, hey, before we get started, I I have a special announcement from uh, one of our sponsors, Camping World, which uh, has a big campaign going right now about uh, urging folks to travel different this year. Maybe you need some excuses to get out there in RV or uh, to tell your friends about it because you can forget crowded flights. You can forget long lines at airports, overpriced uh, coffee at the airport, forget the noisy hotel room neighbors and cold breakfast buffets, crowded lobbies. In an RV, you have your own private place to relax. It's your home. It's your coffee, your closet, your couch, your bed, your bathroom. And you can find great air, alpine air out there, twisting roads, desert dunes, small town diners. Today and every day is another opportunity to take the path less traveled. RVing is not just about traveling from one point to another. You remember what it is to be human, curious, courageous, resilient, alive. You're traveling through exchanges and experiences and cultures and cuisines and nowhere to go but everywhere to be. It's all a journey and it all has to do with travel different. That's their big campaign for the summer. Um, You'll see that hashtag around a lot. And to help you get everything you need for your RV travels, Camping World is pleased to offer our audience a unique discount for 10% off your purchase of $99 or more at CampingWorld.com. All you have to do is remember this code, RVLIFESTYLE10, and and do it all in caps, RVLIFESTYLE10, 10% off CampingWorld.com. Well, we are at our Michigan address. We're catching up on projects like our multi-part video series that we just did on Travel in the Natchez Trace. And we had so much fun. The videos are on the RV Lifestyle channel on YouTube, and we're breaking the entire 444-mile trip up into five different segments. Our next video will be released this coming Saturday and features a tour of one of the fun communities along the trace, Tupelo, Mississippi. Now, in case our audience doesn't know, Tupelo is a royal city. It certainly is. It's the birthplace of the king of rock and roll himself, Elvis Presley. We had a surprisingly good time in Tupelo. Uh, We discovered uh, a 
fabulous lakeside place to camp in a great state park there. Uh, beautiful forest. Uh, man, it was, and it wasn't that far from town. And of course, we did the obligatory Elvis tour, which uh, turned out to be a lot of fun. Besides the videos we're editing, we have some writing project deadlines we need to concentrate on. Yep, we should tell folks that we are hard at work on our next RV travel book. And this one will be an RV shoreline tour of the Great Lakes. Now, if you follow it, uh, you start in uh, New York State on Lake Ontario, and then you follow that to Lake Erie, end up in Lake Huron, on the shoreline of Lake Huron, uh, and then you drive all the way up the Michigan Mitt, follow it around the UP, join up with Lake Superior, take that all the way west, and then a little bit north as you go through Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, and uh, then you come back and you go down Lake Michigan, uh, we can't wait to get that one done for you. In all, it will take you more than 3,000 miles, and you'll travel across parts of eight states. It is one of the most enjoyable trips Mike and I have ever done, and we throw in some great bonus side trips uh, to islands and even a ferry boat across Lake Michigan. I can't wait for this book to be done and released. I, I, I Me too. I mean, we're hoping... The end of May, maybe early June, but it is, the idea is so you'll have time to follow it yet this summer or fall. Um, it's just a, a terrific bucket list adventure, and uh, we'll get it to you as soon as we can. We're one of the reasons we are back in Michigan, so we can concentrate on writing that a little bit more. So May is going to be a busy month for us. We also have a couple of short RV trips on the books, too. One to Western Michigan and one to Elkhart, Indiana the RV capital of the world. We uh, hope you guys are also doing some traveling. Warmer weather is finally here. More and more COVID restrictions are easing each, every day across the country. And the road is calling us. Yep, I think it is. Uh, I wonder how much of that is because of that movie, Nomadland, which won the best picture of the year in the Oscars. I think that has uh, caused a whole lot of people to get excited about traveling. You know, I, I didn't. I resisted seeing it. I, I made a classic mistake in looking at some of the online comments that people made that it was negative and it was a dark movie. And so I kind of said, yeah, I guess I don't need to watch that. And I mentioned that on, I think, our Sunday night on our Ask Us Anything YouTube live, live stream that we do every Sunday night. And people said, no, it's really good. Go check it out. Check it out. So I, I did. We got off the air on, on YouTube and I watched it that night. And I really, really enjoyed it. I found it um, very representative of, of certain um, groups in the RV lifestyle. Kind of, this is kind of the, the full timers who are, are doing cheap RV living as championed by our friend Bob Wells, who has made a, a whole YouTube uh, industry on cheap RV living. And people who've had some rough knocks in life, making the best, um, moving around, it's about community. I found it really good. And I, I think that's going to have a resurgence, uh, I mean a big resurgence in people who want to go out there and see some of the things uh, that they show in the movie No Man. Just great cinematography, great editing. I was impressed. Well, I started watching it, and then I got sidetracked. Yep. Well, so I can't judge it because I didn't stay that long. Well, I'll, um, I think it's a good excuse for me to watch it again. So. 
I think, uh, I you think you can keep me from getting sidetracked. No, I have a lot of trouble doing that. I know. I know. I'm yeah. not a good movie viewer, am I? Unless you totally entertain me and lift my spirits. Yeah. And, or, and yeah, that's about the case. You've got to be laughing all the time, but this one is, it's just really good. I really, really liked it. Court sites in it. Uh, work camping is featured in it. Uh, they have a good segment. The the lead character uh, has um, works a couple seasons at, as an Amazon work camper. She does the sugar beet harvest that I know a lot of our viewers do, and it's just it. If you haven't seen it, I urge you to to take a look at it. It's uh, it's very well done. You're making me feel guilty. I'm going to have to sit down and. Tie me to a chair and make me watch. Well, I'll watch it again. I mean, there's not many movies I'll watch again, but I would watch, uh, I'd watch that one again. Hey, before we move on to the news of the week, let's talk about protecting your RV from the elements. I don't know if you've been seeing all those stories about uh, uh, the pollen, how high out, up the pollen is I don't need year. to see the stories. I'm living it. Yeah, you are. Well, So is Bo. Well, uh, pollen can do a lot of damage to the paint of your uh, RV or your, your car for that matter. And the best way we know to protect your RV from the elements is with EmpireCovers.com. They're makers of quality covers for your RV or your car uh, that will protect them from rain, mud, pollen, and other elements that uh, at the very least you have to waste your time cleaning or worse, that can end up damaging your vehicle. So whether you own an RV, a travel trailer, camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature EmpireCovers.com. They offer um, high-quality, affordable covers engineered to protect. Uh, and for RV podcast listeners, you can get free shipping plus an extra 15% off your entire order. Visit them at EmpireCovers.com and uh, use the promo code RVLIFESTYLE, all in caps, all one word, RVLIFESTYLE. Use that promo code at checkout, and they'll give you 15% off Check, check out what they have. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. News. Mike's got news. RV news. Treble news. Inside information and trends that shape the RV lifestyle. Here's the RV news of the week. Tickets to drive on Glacier National Park's Going to the Sun Road during the month of June sold out within minutes last week. The popular National Park is among a handful that are selling tickets or requiring reservations to enter this summer in order to reduce crowds because of COVID-19. At Glacier, people need the ticket to drive the popular road, which is still not open to visitors because of snow. At Yosemite National Park, beginning May 21st, visitors need a timed reservation to enter. But at other parks, like Rocky Mountain, timed day reservations are required beginning May 28th. Then at Acadia National Park, visitors will need to reserve a time and pay a fee to drive up Cadillac Mountain. Bottom line, if you are traveling to one of the more popular national parks this summer, be sure to plan ahead. I got to say, I'm not a big fan of that. No, I'm not either. And, and particularly when they try and say that they're trying to reduce uh, crowds because of COVID. Well, if you need a ticket to drive the road, you are in your own vehicle with your own family. I mean, come on. I know that they have traffic problems. And maybe that's that's the real reason. They just want to control the crowds and traffic. But I'm not a fan of uh, having to um, 
to uh, get reservations to visit a national park. It should, it's just something wrong. That is that something vision. wrong with that. And also, you already paid to get in. You yeah. shouldn't have to pay to, to drive on the road. This is all insanity. I don't think they charge you. They, they, uh, I thought it said you'd buy it tickets. It says and, selling tickets. I'm not sure that that's accurate. I think you just have to get a reservation. But hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. We need to check into that. Yeah, it says selling tickets. I see that. But I can't believe they charge you again. Then again, we're dealing with the government, so <laughs> there's no explaining that. Hey, there have been a rash of news stories about um, gasoline being in short supply this summer. I don't know how much is just fear-mongering and sensational headlines on that, but uh, the story claims that there, and all these stories, I don't know if you saw them all last week as well, uh, that a shortage of truck drivers could cause a gasoline shortage. And of course, that would greatly impact everybody's travel this summer. Now we have uh, plenty of gasoline in the nation. The nation's gasoline supply is fine, but apparently about a quarter of the nation's tanker trucks are not in operation because they have no one to drive them. And as the economy continues to grow, businesses reopen, people preparing for summer road trips, summer sounding the alarm that the nation's headed for a gasoline shortage unless more truck drivers are found. In our travels, we have seen help-wanted signs everywhere. Everywhere, People cannot get workers. Um, they cannot get people to come back to work. And that's just, this is a, I, I don't know why you don't see more of that in the traditional media, other than the fact that it makes some people look bad. But uh, I don't know if that truck driving thing is just scare. Uh, I saw that on CNN. I saw that on NBC. So who knows? But uh, uh, hopefully that uh, we're going to have plenty of gas for this summer. That's, that's all I can say. A wildfire in Southern California caused about 500 campers to be evacuated over the weekend as high winds and dry, windy conditions are putting many states at risk of fires through at least this week. The West is experiencing extremely dry weather, and the red flag high fire warnings are in effect in Southern California, Arizona, New Mexico, and parts of Colorado and Texas. The wildfire that caused the campground evacuation grew from 40 to 800 acres in one hour and was at 3,000 acres as of this airing. You know, I want to uh, talk about a story that's uh, getting a lot of interest in Florida. Um, it's the first ever release in the U.S. of genetically modified mosquitoes. Yes, mosquitoes genetically altered. They've been released in the Florida Keys, and they're going to continue these releases over the next few weeks. Sounds like a science fiction movie, doesn't it? But about 12,000 genetically altered mosquito eggs uh, are being placed in six places around Ramrod Key, Cujo Key, and Vaca Key over the next 12 weeks in the Everglades. Now, when they get water on them, the eggs will hatch within a week, the experts say, and they will release sterile mosquito males. This project hopes to reduce the need for pesticides by creating sterile males, which feed on nectar, not humans, it's only the female mosquitoes that bite. Uh, and then um, they uh, will be, you know, released. They'll mate with fertile wild females, the biting kind, and hopefully then reduce the mosquito population. 
The National Park Service is looking for volunteers with hunting skills to help kill potentially hundreds of bison on the northern rim of the Grand Canyon National Park. The park is concerned that too many bison are living in the north rim, causing environmental damage to the area. Volunteers will have a small window to apply for the hunting between May 3rd and 4th. Winners will be chosen by lottery. They do this at various parks around the country when wildlife herds become too large to be supported in the wild. It's always controversial, and this year's culling of the herd is sure to be as well. This part of the podcast brought to you by Rad Power Bikes. They are America's number one e-bike brand, very popular with RVers. Uh, Rad Power Bikes offers direct-to-consumer pricing, which means you can get them at about half the cost of comparable bikes on the market. And their bikes are powerful, premium, upscale electric bikes. You get free shipping, and there's a special discount to listeners of the RV podcast. Uh, They have a whole bunch of different models. They fit every possible need you could want. They have... uh, Fat tire versions, mountain tyke versions. We have, Jennifer and I have the city bike versions. Hers is the step through, which doesn't have that cross beam. So you just kind of step right in. You don't have to swing your leg over it. And I got the traditional city bike version, kind of the, we used to call them boys bikes, you know, because they have that crossbar and you throw your leg over them. All the e-bikes that Rad Power Bike sells can go 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling. But of course you can pedal and you have the choice to ride pedal free with throttle uh, using five different levels of pedal assist, or you can pedal it yourself. They're perfect for people who want to get back into riding, and they're so much fun to bring along on an RV trip. Uh, you've got transportation into town. You can do some exploring. as bike trails and riding around the campground. You'll see them when you do your camping this uh, this summer. You can go between 20 and 40 miles on a single charge. They're priced at, as they say, less than half the cost of comparable bikes on the market. If you mention RV lifestyle at checkout, you will get an additional $75 off plus free shipping on all their bike models. Again, use that coupon code RV lifestyle and you will get $75 off. Questions. You've got them. Mike and his network of RV reporters have the answers. Here's one of our questions of the week. All right, this uh, comes from uh, one of our listeners named Donna, and she says the biggest problem we are having right now is getting our RV refrigerator to cool. It was working fine until I put groceries in it today for our trip. It has consistently gone up all day from 38 degrees to 49 degrees. We've tried everything, but can't figure out the problem. What should we do? Well, diagnosing RV refrigerator issues is pretty tricky, um, depending on what kind of a unit you have. And you didn't give us a lot of information to go on, Donna, but let me start with what you did provide. And you said that it was cool, but then you put in the groceries and then it started to warm up. So that makes me immediately suspect one thing, and it has to do with airflow. Now, A lot of RVers think that since refrigerators keep things cold, that you can then pack it full, right? Well, not so necessarily. If you put too many things in your refrigerator, air can't circulate. And the result is unevenly cooled food, potential spoilage, uh, too hot, it's not efficient. So the first thing I do is, uh, how, how much did you put inside that refrigerator? Make sure you don't put too much in, 
keep the colder items further in the back. Uh, a, a good practice is is to turn on the fridge the day before you're going to leave on a trip so it has plenty of time to get nice and cold. Now, unfortunately, there are some other things that could cause your fridge to warm up like that. Um, I suspect airflow issues, Donna, but uh, you need to probably check the exterior seal for gaps. Is it closing tight? Uh, I know on ours, our Dometic refrigerator, we shut it. And I have to kind of like use my foot at the bottom to put it in and, and click it a little bit so it, it you know, the seal is completely uh, tight. Uh, ensure that your gas supply is, uh, is is okay. And sometimes if it's an older refrigerator, you have to have the jet, the little jet at the back to, for the for the gas supply, the propane, to be cleaned. Um, um, sometimes you have to replace the thermistor. The thermistor, I guess is how you pronounce it. That's a thermostat and a resistor combination that is inside the fridge. Uh, a tech would do that for you. Um, I suspect it's airflow. I think you know all that stuff that you're putting in is blocking the airflow. And, and one way you can pretty much determine whether it is airflow is to see if the refrigerator is working fine. If the may or the freezer, the freezer is working fine. If the freezer is nice and cold and the freezer should be around zero or below if it's nice and cold but the main refrigerator isn't airflow is usually the cause uh, and one solution is uh, RVers often install a second fan at the rear of the refrigerator to help with that and that's pretty easy to do you can learn look on google and figure out how to do that so uh, that's what i would suggest uh, you want your refrigerator to be uh, the freezer zero or a few degrees below and the main uh, refrigerator part where you put, you know, your eggs and your milk and stuff like that should be between 32. You don't want it under 32 because it'll freeze and we're always freezing stuff. Yeah, in I'm ours. always freezing the vegetables. Yep, we do that. So you want it between 32 and 38 in the main section. When you get up past 38, uh, you know, you're, you're not, you, you have some issues. 34 is ideal. Now, you're getting 49, Donna, and that's uh, clearly a problem. Uh, if you're out on the road and this is happening, always, uh, you're never going to get into an RV dealer. I mean, they're, they're all booked up, particularly from now until fall with, with usually their own customers. So our advice to you is to look for an RV, RV mobile tech and uh, have them come to you. Most of them have basic parts for refrigerators on hand. Uh, they can get you back to normal usually in no time. We used one last week in uh, the middle of the wilds of uh, of mid Tennessee. Uh, we had a had an issue, and I, ah, what am I going to do? I just Googled RV mobile service near me and found a guy. He was actually in a community some distance away, probably a forty five minute drive. Came right out, fixed our problem, worked really hard. I've had just such great luck around the country with mobile RV techs. So I would urge you to uh, to do the same but uh listening to your problem i think your problem is uh, strictly airflow hey fellow travelers want to have your voice featured on the rv podcast send us your questions or comments send an audio file to mike at rvlifestyle.com or better yet use our rv podcast voicemail number 586-372-6990 586-372-6990 we want to hear from you call 586-372-6990
This part of the podcast brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, makers of quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that can be installed in just about every RV. Uh, whether you have a travel trailer, a cab over camper, a Class A, Class C, a B van, uh, whatever batteries, coach batteries you have in there now, chances are Battleborn has one that can just drop in and replace it. Uh, they make awesome lithium batteries. And you want lithium batteries now. They are the latest in RV energy uh, technician technical uh, advancement because they last longer. They're better performing. They they charge faster. They charge fuller. They're maintenance free. And if you're going to do off the grid camping, it's what you want. You want lithium. And Battleborn can match your lithium power system with all the right cablings, inverters, charger, solar, whatever you need. Give them a call. Uh, you start off, just go to our our link here, rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Time now for the RV Podcast Interview of the Week. Interesting, entertaining, and helpful information about the RV lifestyle. Here's Mike with this week's interview. All right, this is um, kind of a, a golden oldie that we go back to a lot. And you'll find a big post of this on our RV Lifestyle dot com travel blog so so go there check that out and and you can read in detail but this is uh a report that we did some time ago uh for our rv lifestyle uh youtube channel on the unwritten rules for rv campers now you know all of the um, the, the written rules there's so many of them and when you check into a campground they give you a sheet you know uh don't burn garbage in your fire pits and clean up after your dog and all that stuff. And you should know all that. But there's also some unwritten rules that really just have to do with being considerate of your neighbors. And even some of them can be pretty controversial. Uh, so I'm going to play you this. Uh, with the interview of the week is with us, with Jennifer and me, in a report we did uh, some time ago for YouTube. And uh, I just think that it, with so many new RVers out there that it's probably good that we all touch base and uh, and go over these things. Some of these, particularly if you have a habit of smoking cigars, you're going to get mad at what you're about to hear. But bear with me, the rest of you, because uh, I think it, uh, if you have any experience out there, you're going to realize that these are all pretty good uh, rules to to follow. So let's uh, let's learn about these unwritten rules for campers. Hi, everybody. We're Mike and Jennifer Wendland. And uh, gosh, we've been RVing now. We're going on our sixth year. Six years. Can you Six believe that? Six years in a Class B motorhome. And probably, what, 170,000 miles we've toured all over North America. I should and tell you now, we've got, we're going on 10 years, and we're up to 250,000 miles. Burn trash in, in your fire pit. In your fire pit. Whatever you do, don't do that. Uh, clean up after your dog, that kind of stuff. Uh, don't forget to check that your antenna's down and the steps are up before you take off. You know all about those rules. You're, you'll find out about them. But there are some unwritten rules, some things that we've kind of learned probably through, uh, through uh, trial and error and a lot of error. Right. And rule number one is don't park right next to another camper. You know, this 
really makes people mad. If you are, now there's times you're gonna have to, if you're in a campground and there's just no other room uh, except next to somebody, then well, that's fine, They'll, people will understand that. But if you're in a campground and there's two empty spots on both sides of, a, of somebody who's already there, and there are other empty spots down the way, take one of those other empty spots. Let them enjoy that space and, and you'll get some extra space too. But don't, just because they have a good spot, don't think you got to get right next to them. It's kind of like when somebody's in a fishing hole <laughs> and you come in your boat right next to them. It's just not good manners. That's uh, that's rule number one. And that, that, that even works for when you're boondocking. Because I know once we were boondocking, we're in the middle of nowhere and we woke up in the morning, we had somebody right next to us. I think maybe they were afraid. Yeah, it was like, it was crazy. There, there was room yeah, it was a huge national forest, but they went right next to us. So, but anyway, all right. Rule number two: Don't leave your porch and outside awning lights on all night long. Oh, <laughs> you're not camping if you've got all those lights on. It's kind of like running your generator all night long. People want to get in the dark and quiet, see the stars. They don't want to see your porch lights. Now, you know, it's okay. No matter how cute the little flamingos or lanterns yeah. or whatever your lights you know, are, don't they don't, leave don't want to see that. Especially all night long. If you want to leave it on, you know, right after dark for a little bit when everybody's still up, that's great. But, you know, at 2 in the morning, it just causes light pollution all over the place. So that's rule number Number two. Rule number three, don't smoke cigars if there are other campers within a hundred feet of you. Nothing fouls the air like a cigar. Now, I know some of you guys, you love your cigars. They make you feel manly and all that stuff. But listen, honest, I used to smoke cigars. I'm telling you this, trust me brothers, they stink. Well, I've never smoked cigars, but but they, they stink. stink to me. <laughs> they stink. So don't do that. Not in a campground. If you if there's nobody around, great. But I bet your wife doesn't let you smoke a cigar in your house. Well, your house when you're camping is everybody who's around you. So don't smoke cigars in a campground. I actually saw. Remember that? I think we were in uh, near Rocky Mountain National Park in that KOA. And, and there was almost a fist fight over some guy who was smoking a cigar like five or six uh, campers over and his odor, it was just like the whole campground stunk of it. That's probably why he was smoking outside. His wife wouldn't let him But he ruined inside. it for everybody else. And somebody actually asked him to, to stop and the guy wouldn't stop. And uh, well, it got very out of hand. So avoid that. Don't smoke cigars, especially if you're within 100 feet of anybody else. All right, rule number four, don't arrive and set up at a crowded campground after 10 p.m. That's a big one. That's a real big one. A lot of the parks have that rule posted or they'll lock the gate so that you can't do it. But it's quite rude to come in at midnight, one o'clock and uh, pop open some adult beverages and start setting up your camp. Trust me, we've had those experiences that you particularly find those like on Friday night when everybody leaves the city and they go north and they don't get up there. And we understand, you want to so get to- You're so excited that you're finally yeah, there. But you got to think of everybody, your neighbors in a campground. A campground is a community. It is not just you in the wild. There's very little wild about a campground unless you're boondocking. So be considerate. And if you're going to arrive after 10, stay in a Walmart and then come in first thing in the morning. But don't come in after 10 with all that noise of you setting up your campsite. Rule number five, don't drive in the left lane unless you are actively passing another vehicle. You know, this is, it's illegal to do that in some, some states now. Have you notice more and more states as we're traveling have that? That's a good rule. You shouldn't get in that left lane and just stay there. And I mean, unless you're passing, 
pass, get over. And you see these guys, these white knuckled guys, I'm going to speed limits and I will do the speed limit. In the left-hand lane, sorry buddy, oh, that's... you are causing a, a traffic hazard out there, you're making people angry, and you're giving all RVers a bad name, so don't drive in the left lane unless you're actively passing somebody. Please remember that. Even if you think you're perfect right because you're going the speed limit and they're violating the law, you're just an old curmudgeon. Stop it. Get over in the right-hand lane. Rule number six, when driving into a parking lot in your RV, always take the back rows. That is a really good policy to have. It's just considerate to everybody else and it'll stop future laws about making us all have to park in the back rows. If you're fit and able and able to camp, go to the park in the back row. Yeah, and, it's good and, for you. Yeah, you got. You can always take up a couple of spots back in the back row where nobody fills it up, and then you know walk that extra space. If you need help carrying your, you know, there's always carts. You can bring it out if you're shopping, but park in the back row and don't uh, don't don't be rude. It's just being rude if you take up those spots with your big RV that uh, someone in an automobile would need. Best steps are good for you. It's good to walk. Chances are you've been driving a long time. Good to walk. That's your physical fitness instructor <laughs> coming is. through. Steps. Steps are good. Steps. That's what she said. Steps. Number seven. Don't play music or watch TV outside unless the volume is really low so it doesn't disturb other campers. You know, that's hard to do sometimes because a lot of people buy these RVs. Like we're at an RV show here on the Emerald Coast in Florida. And almost all of these have outside TVs. Boy, that's really getting away from it, right? <laughs> well, I if they have headsets. That's just not our Probably style. need a lot of headsets. A lot of headsets, but uh, most of them have uh, outside TVs, and that's fine, you know, during the day, but all night long, watching the late night shows, the late night talk shows, Come on, people, oh. most people camp to sort of get away from it. So if you're gonna watch that TV or you're gonna play music, turn it down, turn it way down. I think some of my biggest pet peeves are when we were boondocking. And I remember we were in the wilds of uh, Montana. It was gorgeous. And it was just totally wild. And some camper, we couldn't even see him, but he was that far, was playing bluegrass music. And I like bluegrass music, but he was playing it really loud. And it was, it was just disturbing the whole atmosphere. So don't do that. How can you watch like a sporting event without cheering or making noise? Well, I don't know how you do that. If it's during the day, great. But yeah, at night, it's no. hard in the evening not to get involved. Turn it down. Number eight. All right, now listen up. If your RV breaks down, I got to give you a little reality check here. Do not expect immediate service from an RV dealer. Uh, here's a better solution. RV dealers are almost always busy. Mobile RV repair techs are more responsive and usually can fix anything wrong with most RVs. We've learned that uh, the hard way too a couple of times. Yeah, they're there. You call them, they come. It's great. It's, it's a challenge for an RV dealer to get emergency repairs done. Now many of them will do that, but many of them won't because they will give first priority to their own customers. So if you're traveling and you, you know, I just had a case this week on our social media blog, one our social media site on Facebook, somebody had uh, needed to get their macerator, the sewer hose fixed, the new macerator hose. And the guy says he can't do it for two weeks, the dealer, because they're busy. They really do get busy. It is a seasonal uh, task in most places. RV, you know, very few places except in the south or southwest. Uh, or have all year round staffing, uh, full staffing of their RV service centers. So don't expect uh, you're gonna get in right away. But don't panic, just pick up the phone uh, or look at, at a campground. Most of them have a RV mobile tech that's available 
and we have found those guys to be incredible. They'll come right to you and fix it right there. Uh, much quicker and much less hassle involved than taking it to a to a RV dealer. When you think of it, they're ready to drop everything and tend to you. A dealer, people have scheduled appointments. It's rather unrealistic to think that they're going to tell those people who made their appointment a month ago you got away we got an emergency here yeah I don't want to trash dealers because you know they're trying to run a business and they hire and, and they're it's based on demand but the mobile tech he is there for just such an operation and he can usually take care of your problems if it's really really hot your RV air conditioner is not going to be able to cool the interior down much below 80 now that is one of the myths that uh, technology seems to be permeating uh, the whole RV community I think now that we have solar and extra battery capacity that our air conditioners are going to be super more efficient and well they're not it's the most intensive power drain in your RV the air conditioner so you're not gonna be able to run this thing for hours and hours and hours and hours on end but it is not going to cool you off because well think about what you're in with your RV a lot of heat it's just like a car it heats up really quick like 30 degrees warmer yeah in, in your RV in just like 15 minutes yeah, of the sun incredible the heat it's like you're in a tin can I mean it really is and even though you can do things like put reflectex in your windows and keep the drapes closed and run uh, like your fantastic fan your roof fan you know before you put on the AC uh, and if it's humid in particular, an AC is not going to get you down in a, when it's really hot in the 90s and the 100s, as many of you experienced in the Southwest, it is not going to cool you off much more in 80s. Unwritten rule number 10. It's going to get harder and harder to find camping spots in traditional campsites. To consistently find an overnight spot, you're going to have to learn how to boondock. Boy, we have learned that too. We've learned that the hard way. You can see, I mean, they are selling RVs at record paces. Next year is supposed to be even another record-setting year. They're selling these things by the hundreds of thousands of new RVers coming in every year. You don't see hundreds of thousands of new campsites opening every year. What you are finding is more and more crowded campgrounds. It becomes more and more difficult to get a campsite without a reservation. And that's why we like boondocking in national forest and BLM land. That's the way to go. So figure it out. Get your maps, get ready. Okay, so those are our 10 unwritten rules. There are probably more. You may have a couple more that you'd like to add. All right, I know some of you want to add to those or take issue with some of them. And that's okay in the in the interest of fair play, you got a shot at it. Just call our voicemail. Leave your reaction to that. 586-372-6990. And I'll, I'll put them on. Just be polite. You might disagree or you might want to add some or you may want to agree. Would like to hear your thoughts on those unwritten rules. What would you tell newbies? All the newbies that are joining uh, the uh, RV lifestyle these days. What would you add uh, to that? Or what would you take away from it? Phone number is 586-372-6990. Now, uh, that version of the interview you uh, you heard, we did that some time back. Since then, we've, uh, we've learned a few more. We talk about those in the show notes that you'll find for this episode at rvlifestyle.com. Just go to rvlifestyle.com and you'll see the, the show notes as we talk about the same thing. But uh, we would love to hear what you would add to it. And again, that voicemail number is 586-372-6990. This part of the podcast brought to you by peaceofmindforrvs.com. 
an emergency transportation coverage solution that pays 100% of all ambulance charges by ground, by air, by anywhere, whether you're on an RV trip across the country or just uh, upstate a little bit, or if you're in your driveway or if you're in your car, if you need to get sent to uh, the hospital in an ambulance, you can be sure that that claim will not be denied. Peace of mind for RVs.com plays 100% of them. Look, emergencies can be scary, but what a lot of people don't realize, particularly when it comes to air ambulances, is that air ambulances are not categorized as ambulances. Because of the Deregulation Act of 1978, they're classified as common carriers. And therefore, what happens is many insurance companies will not consider an air ambulance a medical expense making them one of the most denied claims that you'll find out there, even if an EMT ordered you to be air evac'd out. Peace of mind for RVs.com provides emergency transportation coverage. They will pay 100% of all ground ambulances, air ambulances, a slew of additional benefits like return home services, recuperate close to home, visitor transportation, vehicle return. Jennifer and I have our Peace of mind for RVs.com membership cards in our wallets. We urge you to think about it too. Go check out the details. You can find the details at peaceofmindforrvs.com. That's peaceofmindforrvs.com. Time now for Off the Beaten Path, a unique RV podcast travel suggestion you probably won't find in a guidebook. Here's Mike. uh, This is a fun Off the Beaten Path report this week from our off the beaten path correspondents, Tom and Patty Burkett out in the heartland this week. Hi, Mike and Jennifer. Lyman Baum, who much preferred to use his middle name, Frank, was a sickly child. Growing up on an estate in New York, he enjoyed writing and the theater from a young age. When he was 24, his father built him a theater in the town of Richland, New York, but it burned to the ground less than two years later. He was in his early 40s and living in Chicago when the first Oz book was published. He followed it up with 13 more books set in that land and numerous plays, none of which was successful. The 12 years he spent in South Dakota, during which he was a staunch foe of its native peoples, gave him the feelings and images that brought character to the Wizard of Oz. The town of Liberal, Kansas, has taken on the role of Dorothy's hometown. Liberal hugs the Oklahoma line in the southwest corner of the state on U.S. 54. If you're driving from Hooker to Kismet, you'll go right through it. Or take US 83 two and a half hours from either I-70 or I-40. When you arrive at Dorothy's house, a latter-day Dorothy greets you. Garbed in the iconic Judy Garland dress, one of several local young women will take you all through and around the house, recounting stories both from the film and about life on these remote Kansas plains. She'll point out the cream separator and the bedpan she has to empty before she offers to take you back to the land of Oz. After passing through a simulated tornado, you arrive in the fabled country. We won't spoil any surprises about what awaits you there. If you need a bit more of Liberal, you can drive to the edge of town where the Mid-America Air Museum features over a hundred planes and other aircraft. Eisenhower's Air Force One is here, the first and smallest presidential plane with six seats and able to land easily on Ike's Pennsylvania farm. Don't worry, there's also a display and demonstration of ballooning. 
maybe on a windy day in a thunderstorm, you could even get over the rainbow. The museum is also a Harvest Host location. If you want to spend the night in more rural digs, Arcalon Park is 10 miles up the road, still in liberal, go figure, and charges $5 for a site or $15 for a site with hookups. There are picnic tables, fire rings, a dump station, and a shower house with flush toilets. If you're headed or coming from the southwest, the Rita Blanca National Grasslands in western Oklahoma offers some nice no-hook hookup spots you won't find any cities out here just small town diners cowboys and cowgirls local rodeos and the ubiquitous local history museum fancy seeing a jar from an egyptian tomb a two-headed rattlesnake maybe a saddle used by jesse james or a used pair of ruby slippers they're all out here if you look hard enough and stay off the beaten path Thanks to Tom and Patty Burkett. You can find their reports regularly, uh, usually once a week. We've got a new one on the RVLifestyle.com travel blog. And as you travel the off the beaten path places and are looking for spots to stay, there is probably no better recommendation that we can give you than to check out Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,000 different spots across the country. And not just spots, not just lots. These are at wineries, at farms, at microbreweries, at attractions all across North America. Harvest Host, as you know by now, or you should, is a membership service for RVers that provides unique overnight camping at over 2,000 of those spots. Now, the price for Harvest Host is very reasonable. I mean, you can get uh, uh, $99 a year. You'd make that up and just staying at two Harvest Host locations from what you normally would spend at a campground because uh, it's free. Uh, it costs you 99 bucks to belong to Harvest Host and then you can stay free at as many different spots as you want. Many people just do whole Harvest Host tours. But here's the deal. We can save you 15% off the cost of that membership. 15% off. But you have to use a special link to get there and that's rvlifestyle.com slash hh go to rvlifestyle.com slash hh i really uh, can't uh, recommend this strong enough it is such a great service we love harvest host locations because you always learn something you're staying in a very unique spot it is i think the best bargain in rving 100 bucks a year and we can get you 15 percent off of that so really you stay a couple nights and it more than pays for your membership Harvest Host, that link to get the 15% discount, again, uh, just go to rvlifestyle.com slash hh. And that wraps up another episode of the RV Podcast with Mike and Jennifer Wendland. New episodes are released every Wednesday, and the best way to stay connected is to subscribe to the RV Podcast. We're in all the popular podcast apps, and you can also listen on the RVLifestyle.com travel blog. Till next time, happy trails, fellow travelers. We'll be looking for you down the road. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for putting us in your ears this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of the RV Podcast. Don't forget, uh, there are new uh, reports and contests and posts every single day on the RV Lifestyle Travel Blog at rvlifestyle.com. Till next time, on behalf of uh, my wife, Jennifer, our dog, Bo, and uh, just the fun of traveling, we'll see you down the road. Happy trails. <laughs>